0: Well, fall camp is underway. The season is upon us. Let's make some predictions, shall we? Welcome to the 11 Dubcast. I'm Andy Vance, along with Johnny Ginner. Johnny Ryan Day says uh, he has a better feel for this year's team as the Buckeye football program convened for its fall camp in the waning days of the offseason. The clash with Notre Dame now just a mere three weeks away. What are, you, what are you sensing from this team as it starts to to gel and congeal and we get bits and pieces and tidbits out from fall camp?
1: Well, I really think that this is a team that knows what they're capable of doing. I mean, you had the the coaches pull and all that come out, and that's great. But, God, I, I got to believe, and I know they've talked about this, but I got to believe that the Michigan game in general is is something that is absolutely motivating them. Uh, to a pretty large degree, right? Like it's, it's something that I think is going to be on their minds It's going to be like, this is the standard that we have to hold themselves to. And I actually, I appreciate that. I like that. Um, because in part Michigan, I, I don't think Michigan is gonna be that great. This coming year but their schedule is so ridiculously easy that you may roll into the game with them undefeated so if that's the standard you're going to hold yourself to right and you're going to pay attention to them like okay we got to make sure we're topping these guys that's actually a good thing for ohio state because that means they got to be undefeated too and i i think they um i don't know every, everybody seems to be uh just kind of going basically 100 miles an hour right now and i i love that i love to see that
0: yeah ryan day uh, in his conversation with The media this week uh, actually admitted that when he said at the same point a year ago he was concerned. He said, "We knew we had some pretty talented players, but they'd never played. Mm -hmm. We'd start right out of the gate with those guys. Well, this year, much more veteran squad. So there, there is something to be said for that. He knows what he's got uh, at a lot of key positions." uh and and so you kind of like hearing that that confidence and i appreciate the candor you know that you can say hey this time of year i was concerned of course it doesn't cost him anything to say that we know how that story ended but that that sort of candor he could give you some coach speak um and i feel like he's a guy that is is relatively open
1: uh
0: about his feelings uh, on the state of the program
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and that's I mean that's refreshing, and it's also smart at this point because, like you said, it doesn't cost them anything. It's a smart way to go about managing expectations. I think if if you admit a little bit of uncertainty or wariness after a you know a slightly disappointing season uh, going into the new one, you can say, okay, well now we've if you acknowledge that, now you can say, all right, well that's what we're going to avoid this time. We're going to make sure that we are you know on top of things and, and not going to take things for granted, et cetera. So I think that's good management in terms of like messaging from him. And if it's, you know, something where he actually feels confident and enjoys how the team's playing then that's, that's all the better. So um, I think it's another example of Ryan day, just knowing exactly the right thing to say sometimes. <laughs> and also, um, you know, maybe setting the tone for the rest of the team and, and what the rest of August is going to look like.
0: You mentioned the preseason coaches poll USA Today releasing its uh, preseason poll where coaches expect the various teams to follow the pecking order. Preseason Ohio State comes in at number two. No surprise behind Alabama. The Buckeyes did receive five first-place votes. Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame wrapped up the top five, meaning that Ohio State's battle with the Fighting Irish will be a top five clash. You got to love to see that. Uh, Michigan found itself in the top six, I believe you had four, uh, punitive sec teams in the top 10 Ohio state and Michigan, the only members of the big 10 finding themselves in that preseason top 10 poll. Yeah. I don't think any of this was any great big surprise, but it is, uh, does put a little extra juice. I think you knew going into it that Ohio state, Notre Dame would be a top 10 clash. It being a top five clash, you know, just, just adds a little bit to what's already going to
1: be uh, I think, a pretty hype game. I agree. I don't know. Do you, I mean, preseason polls are dumb. I'm not, I'm not they, they are. very dumb. They're, they're extremely stupid. And and really, like, it's fun to do them because we can just speculate and, and put on whatever, you know, goofy crap that we want. Um, and, you know, as I wrote last week, I mean, the fun of the fun of these predictions is that we just say whatever we want. Like, it's not, you know, like it doesn't college football defies prognostication there's no point in, in really putting much stock in any of this because it's just it's the whole point about the uh the sport that we enjoy is that it's ridiculous and you know impossible to predict so um yeah i i don't know i I don't think Notre Dame should be ranked number five. Is really what I'm getting to. I don't, think, I don't think Michigan should be ranked number six. I don't think Texas should have gotten a first place vote for some reason.
0: <laughs> now, now this, now this is an interesting. Uh, this is not just a, a, a an academic exercise. uh, Very fascinating that when the poll came out, to what you're referring uh, is that Texas, the Longhorns, who are not, by the way, back in case you were wondering, oh, yeah, back. received one first place vote. Uh, they ranked number 18th in the poll, but astute readers of 11warriors.com pointed out that if you did the mathematics <laughs> on the number of first-place votes received by the Crimson Tide, the Buckeyes, the Bulldogs of Georgia, and that one first-place vote for Texas, yeah. uh, it doesn't add up to the same number of voters included Correct in the USA Today coaches poll. Correct. There are 65 voters in the poll, and there were 66 First place votes yes. recorded. Two different ways to look at this. One, uh, how hilarious would it be that Texas's one place vote, one first place vote, was um, a typo? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or two, if not, what troll out there? <laughs> here in the coaches poll is like the time that dabo Swinney, famously or infamously depending on how you want to look at it ranked ohio state as number 11 in his ballot they have one troll out there i gotta tell you something
1: man i hope i hope it's like one rogue coach who just keeps doing it for the rest of the season well, and it doesn't it's, it's and no Jonathan matter
0: wilner's ap ballot right like performance yeah, right.
1: art Right. Yeah. And no matter and no matter what Texas's record, it could, you know, might be like they could be four and six or whatever. Somebody should keep giving them an extra first place vote. I would I would enjoy that quite a bit. Um, By the way, I don't know, man. I mean, there's a larger this is probably a topic for a different podcast, but there's the fact that you have a preseason poll. Right. And in that preseason poll, Texas A&M ranked number seventh. Baylor's ranked number ten. Texas is all the way down at 18 probably by dent of having that one single first place vote. Yeah. Houston is rolling in at 25, right? I mean, and basically anything out of the top 15 is like, okay, whatever, just pick them. So I don't know, man, Texas, Texas football. It is, it is not back. You are correct. It is not back. And especially within the state of Texas, it is just the fact that it's an also ran, with all these other programs, like one-upping them is just bonkers to me. So yeah, they suck. But it is funny that they got the the first place vote. Uh, I don't think back to Notre Dame, Michigan. I, I really think Notre Dame is wildly overrated here. I think Clemson's overrated here. I don't know how they end up fourth. Um, I, I know they kind of turned it on at the end last year and ended up with a you know semi-respectable season. But I don't. I just don't have the faith in that team. That I guess. Tabo's peers might have um I, I think you're gonna see a lot of change when the season actually starts in these games i 100
0: agree with that and I, I find these polls interesting one because you say they don't really matter uh, totally correct two yeah. uh because we can just say w- whatever we want what i find interesting is is either how these things follow a, a narrative or uh or whether they buck that narrative this this particular coach's poll i found interesting because you know there's this this baked in assumption that the sec is god's gift to college football and so you would expect to find a truckload of sec teams in here you have alabama georgia as i mentioned both in the top five a and m at number seven uh we're not counting oklahoma yet so they can't count them in the top 10 they're not Mm. they're not in yet or texas doesn't count that yep not counting the aforementioned texas so then we come clear down to like what number 21, Kentucky 21.
1: Yeah. So let's throw in these extra three
0: Mississippi 24. So you had five, six, six, um, sec teams, only three, as I say, in the top 10, you, you, you've got to, you've got to believe that some of those teams are not going to stay in the top five, uh, top 25 and, and at the same token, um, some of these other teams that you don't necessarily expect to show up in the top 25 year over year, like there are some names in here that are not perennial blue blood powerhouses, right? Like wake forest at number 19. Oh, they had a great season last year, number, you mm-hmm. know, wake forest at 19 got pit all the way up to 16, you know, some of those teams, um, I, I just find it very interesting that the voters, you know, cause you're trying to predict, and we're going to talk more about predictions momentarily. You're trying to predict based on how the season finished last year, who's leaving, who's coming whatever coaching changes might have happened, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. how good these teams are going to be. You wrote about predictions this week in your column. Uh, How good are we, Johnny Ginner, at making predictions
1: in college football's preseason? Oh, well, I suck. I know that. I'm bad, <laughs> but is anyone good at it? I don't know, Bill. I mean, you're know, like a guy like Bill Connolly, who, who tries to make sense of the, the you know, the signal and the noise and, and pull out the signal from the noise, I guess. And then, you know, like some of the other guys who, you know, have been doing it for a really long time and, and, and try to, you know, incorporate as much data as they possibly can. I, I, I respect those guys. And I think in general, they, they know what they're doing. I don't think it's like a total crapshoot. Um, you know, if you really find yourself immersed, I think you make educated guesses that are generally okay. But like for me, I don't, I mean, I got a a job. I got, this is not my job. I have another job. I don't have the time to devote some of these other guys do. And honestly, I don't think, you know, even, even like AP writers and stuff who are, you know, immersed in this all the time, they got a job to do. So I really like, I think there is a select group of people whose job it is to analyze this data, compile it, you know, put out data-driven predictions, right, about what they believe will happen. Even those aren't always right or, you know, super dead on. But apart from those guys, I think it's a total crapshoot. And that's what we love about college football. That's why it's fun to watch. That's why I enjoy it more than the NFL because the NFL – it's it feels more predictable. It feels more like, you know, I guess sane. <laughs> and I don't like that. That's not as fun for me. Um, I, I like it when, you know, a 40-point underdog pulls off a ridiculous upset or Kansas rolls into Austin and, and beats Texas at home or some crazy mm-hmm. thing. That that's the stuff that I watch college football for. And so I'm okay with all of these predictions being total crap, including uh, my 2018 prediction that Trace McSorley would win the Heisman trophy, (laughs) which I believe he completed something like 53% of his passes that season. So that was real smart. Um, Or, you know, Oklahoma winning the championship. And by the way, as I mentioned in that article, a lot of the dumb predictions that I made were really just based on betting odds. Like, Spencer Radler, I think, was the third uh, bet had the third best odds to win the Heisman last year. So that was a dumb prediction, but not because other people thought it was dumb at the time. It was a dumb prediction because college football is completely, you know, unpredictable in a crapshoot. And that's again, that's what's fun about it. So I'm okay with my predictions all being terrible and bad. And I think everybody else should be too. So
0: I I think we ought to make some predictions of our own. Let's start with this one. Uh, This was a great poll question at the site this week. What kind of improvement are you expecting for Ohio state football's defense this season? This was the clear Achilles heel of the program last year. The thing that kept them from winning a national title. Uh, And so are you expecting and these are the options that we gave the the readers of the site. And so I'll give them to you as well. No improvement, modest improvement, substantial improvement, or 85 bears, baby. <laughs> I want your answer and you must show your work.
1: Oh, geez. Well, showing my work is something I was never great at. Um, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say probably modest improvement in your one of Jim Knowles. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be fine. Um, I think that they're not going to be as bad as they were last season. Um, I think it's a little optimistic to say that it's going to be like a Jeff Halfley thing where they go from worst to first, essentially. You know what I mean? Like the one year he was, he was in charge. They, they had the best defense in the country. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to be quite like that. Mostly because of personnel reasons. I, I don't think for example, that their linebackers are as deep as they should be. Right. They, they may play better, but um, they're not going to be as, deep as is required to become the 85 bears um i think they have to figure out some other things the defensive line a little bit because you don't have necessarily a chase young right to, to lock down everybody even though guys like jack sawyer for example is somebody who people expected that might evolve into that kind of player um so i think there will be improvement i think there will be improvement they will be better but they still may give up you know, 20, 25 points in a game and people scratch their heads and go, I thought this was Jim. I thought Jim Knowles was more paying this dude $3 million, blah, blah, blah. which is a fair criticism, but I just, I don't know, man. Do you expect, how, what do you think? Do you think you're going to, have you bought the, the, what Jim Knowles is selling here or at least what people, think he's selling yeah
0: i'm 100 on board with the jim Knowles experiment and 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 it's easy to be at this point because the bar for me is fairly low uh i think i've been saying all along like you know they only have to suck 30 less than they did last year you know and this is a championship quality ball club you know give me 40 less you know nobody's asking them to be the 85 bears they don't have to be ryan day's defense ryan day's offense is that good. They don't have to be 85 bears defense to be a championship quality football team. Uh, they, they become something remotely resembling the silver bullets and, and life is good. You know, the I'm, I'm on board with most of the things you said as well. I I think he's got the personnel because I, I just keep reminding myself that Jim Knowles was doing insanely cool things defensively with just average talent he was yeah. doing it with not ohio state's talent so when you when you put into play the the bodies that he has uh e- even though you don't have a chase young uh and you don't and even though you don't have some of those you know I, is there a first rounder on the team maybe i, I don't know maybe yeah. but it's it's not the same collection of talent you've had in, in years past certainly uh but i think the combination of Noel's getting some really high-end athletes that he hasn't had with what appears to be by all by all indications his ability to teach that he is a mm-hmm. very good teacher uh i'm excited to see it come uh come out on the field now i also agree with you like i think people will lose their mind if notre dame puts up you know, 21 points on this team. I think, right. I think people will be going insane even if Ohio State wins by. Well, and touchdowns. I
1: will say, I mean, a lot of it is situation. Notre Dame basically doesn't have a running game right now. And like, right. they, Yeah, they're you know out I mean? of running so, backs. Right. And so I, I feel like there are certain things, there are certain games where you can look at the situation or look at how the teams performing forming or how they should perform and go, okay, that's a standard that we're going to hold you to. You know what I mean? Like I, I would not have said that last year. I would not have said that Ohio state can enforce their will, you know, force their will defensively, uh, on another team. I, I think there are situations where you can expect that in 2022. I just don't think that you know, an Ohio State fan could go, okay, well then 10 points a game is, is what you're going to get. Like there's going to be lapses. There are going to be defensive lapses. But in some of these major, major games, you can be upset if something like the Oregon game happens again, right? That There are predictable, you know, things that you can look at the opposing team and go, we know what they're going to do. We know who their stars are. We know what needs to be stopped. And then therefore that is the expectation that that will not happen to Ohio State in the way that it did in 2021. Um I don't I don't think you can expect that all the time because that's not maybe realistic to where the team's going to be in terms of improvement, but you can definitely expect it in very specific points and at least some of the time. And honestly, by the by the Michigan game, if this is a team that can't stop the run, you know, the way they couldn't in, in in the Michigan game last year, then that's something people can be really PO'd about. I don't think that will be a concern. I think by the time they get there, they will have at least figured it out. And, and frankly, I think they'll have, you know, figured that out uh, long before then. But um, th- there is a standard that I think people can hold Jim Knowles in the defense to. All right. Next
0: prediction. We want to talk about the offense, Julian Fleming um, talking about uh, his best offseason yet. was one of seven iron Buckeyes who were recognized for their dedication to training this offseason. Mm-hmm. With the loss of of some big name talent to the NFL this last season, Ohio State's uh, missing some key weapons. Yeah. Who is who is the breakout star of this season? Is it Julian Fleming? Is it Route Man Marv Harrison? <laughs> is it Emeka? Still, by
1: the way, seriously, still the best. I, I love that nickname so freaking much, and and God bless. Uh, C.J. Stroud for, for uh, pulling that one out of his butt because that's hilarious. I love route man Marv. That's so good. That's so good. Um, to answer your question, I think it's going to be Evan Pryor. I, I, I think they're going to figure something out with him and one of the things that you can always say about Ryan Day is it, he adjusts what he wants to do offensively to the personnel that he has. That's his whole philosophy. That's his whole kit and caboodle where he looks and sees what can my guys do the best. Now let's go let them do that and score 50 points a game. Um he doesn't have a system so much as he has a philosophy and I think that allows a guy like Evan Pryor, who maybe, you know, I think he would be utilized in a in a Urban Meyer offense but I think it gives him more of an opportunity than maybe he otherwise would have. So I think that dude is going to be kind of a breakout guy in 2022.
0: I thought there was a really good piece at the site this week talking about Evan Pryor as a weapon. And so I like that prediction. I think that's yeah. good. Um, I'm I'm going I'm going with Route Man Marv. The flashes we saw that guy during the He's bowl
1: game. G- athletically, physically, that dude has every single like element that you would possibly want a wide receiver. I mean, he he just is. I don't know it physically imposing at that, at that position.
0: Yep. That's, that's my, that's my prediction there. All right, let's go one more. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it a hat trick. All right. Your prediction, best unit on
1: the field this season. I I mean, it's gotta be wide receivers. I I mean, it's, you know, if we're looking offensively, it's going to be wide receivers defensively. I think you can still look at the cornerbacks and, and, you know, maybe just defensive backs in general, I, I like that, uh, you know, you bring in some some new blood from Oklahoma State. And I know that's like in, in kind of a hybrid-ish position. But, um, yeah, I think defensively, defensive secondary is going to be solid. And then offensively, just the wide receivers are still going to be elite next. I mean, you've got essentially the best wide receiver in the country. And then you surround him with all that talent. I don't, I mean, forget about it
0: all right those are our predictions friends we'd love to hear yours send them in and we will talk about that uh in some other good football news before we talk about something super hilarious uh is that ohio state continues to be good at football recruiting four-star linebacker Arvell reese committed to ohio state over the weekend linebacker from cleveland uh his first linebacker linebacker committed to the class of 2023 um glenville star joining the program nice to have another glenville kid in the program uh if you haven't been reading uh my my man matt guttridge's series on buckeye pipelines go back and read the piece about glenville because that's that's a pipeline if ever one there was Mm -hmm. uh so yeah ohio state still good at football recruiting nice to get a nice to get another linebacker in the mix um i want to talk about this with you though johnny Ginner, unrelated to recruiting that was a that was a good thing i want to talk about a hilarious thing brett mcmurphy reported this week that only 15 football bowl subdivision schools will not play a football championship subdivision team this year ohio state uh, Michigan, Michigan state, Maryland, among those notable teams, Penn state as well. So quite a number of big 10 schools in there. Uh, also future big 10 member USC in that list, not playing an FCS team this year. Do you know what schools were not represented <laughs> in that list? Oh, I believe
1: I, I could take a a, a wild guess, I, I think. Uh, I feel like that might be our friends of the South. That's
0: right. Here. Every member of the Southeastern Conference will play an FCS team this year, keeping the tradition of Chicken Shit Saturday alive and well. <laughs> yeah. How ridiculous I- is it that in the year of our Lord, 2022, the self-proclaimed toughest conference in the sport will, will, will be playing FCS teams deep into the season
1: okay so that's actually my biggest beef with all this it's not necessarily that they're playing you know FCS team. look and somebody made a comment on twitter that i saw it's like okay well the big 10 playing all these max schools right is arkansas state is that really functionally better than playing in it F- like not really however those games are happening mostly in september and late august right like yeah. we're not talking about deep in the season where we really want to get two buys in a row so that we're gonna, you know, just go ahead and schedule a team in the second or third week of November. That to me is what's really ridiculous about it. They're really finagling another bye week out of it so that they can be rested and happy and then go in and and pad their resume towards the end of the season. Whereas, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, all these other teams up North are beating each other's brains out and kind of limping towards the finish line. And you get these big upsets and you, you know, have these dramatic, you know, teams where it's like okay ohio state dropped one to iowa purdue in november that's insane that's not going to happen in the sec or with schools that are purposely scheduling crappy talent at the end of the season so that they can maximize their uh, their winning potential on on a, a week second half schedule. So yeah, that's to me, to me, that's really what the the issue is not necessarily that they're scheduling FCS schools, the fact that they're doing it in such a way to, you know, really make, you know, bolster their resumes at a critical point in the season.
0: Well, and you said it, uh, I think it, right on the money, you know, it's, it, it's essentially manufactured yourself another bye week Yeah. Uh, and, and by schedule these in November, you know, the saying is always the championships are won in November. Well, while the rest of the country is playing rivalry games and top 10 opponents, uh, these clowns are playing, as uh, my, my friend Gordon Gee once put it, the Sisters of the Blessed Poor. Yeah. Uh, and and the SEC does it because they can get away with it. And that's the thing that just really frustrates me is that so few people call their sorry butts on it uh, when it's happening. Certainly their broadcast partners aren't going to do it, which brings us to this little tidbit of information that that popped up. Uh, as we were recording, yeah just now. Fox CBS and NBC all look likely to win big 10 TV rights deals. According to sports business journal, as John Aron reported, uh, on Monday night, ESPN may not be carrying big 10 games this season That's for the wild. first time in 40 years.
1: Yeah, Fox agreed insane. to
0: uh, what this is called the A package months ago, and as part of that deal, it'll carry a football game on its broadcast network at noon Eastern. Football games in its cable channels FS1 and BTN holds a sixty percent stake of both of those, or, or in BTN rather. um, The packages for like the the B package probably going to be split with CBS and NBC. CBS is going to end up with that three thirty game. It looks like NBC is going to get some primetime games. Peacock, the NBC streaming service, could carry some games. Amazon's bidding for some games, uh, but it, it's looking like Fox, CBS, and NBC are going to get. How do you feel about this? If if the four letter network is out of Big Ten games, is this? I know this is good for business in terms of Big Ten money is going. Oh sure, to be, yeah, no serious dollar bucks. But the question becomes: Is ESPN going to give? The Big Ten a fair shake in its coverage of college football when it has a vested financial interest in the success of an opposing uh
1: college football conference. Right. I think they probably will. (laughs) I'm always, you know, I'm always welcome to being wrong in this. I just feel like they have too many Big Ten alums. And, And here's the other thing, right? Like if Ohio State is undefeated and Michigan's undefeated going into November, that's you can't avoid that narrative. ESPN I think can probably hype up and and do whatever they want with the sec and anybody else. And that's fine. Uh, But you know, big noon kickoff, right. Was doing crazy numbers throughout the season. And Ohio state was even, even games when Ohio state was playing garbage teams, that was usually one of the, if not the most watched game, of the weekend uh, at noon, which, you know, again, a lot of people would traditionally say that's that's not a primetime slot for college football and in hell ESPN and ABC and, and Disney. I mean, they tried their damnedest to make that nighttime game, the marquee game, and that Fox was able to just kind of flip the script on that and make it the noon game as that, you know, beloved coveted, you know, slot. Um, that I think is going to make it impossible to ignore because I, I expect that to continue to be a success for them. So, you know, ESPN could, could try, I think narratively to ignore what's going on with that, but that would just put them even further behind. And, and I don't think they want to do that. So they may, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to compete with it a little bit, maybe put some more marquee games at, at noon and see what happens with that. Um, but this is really interesting development. And I'm also curious what that means for a team like Notre Dame. And, you know, okay, well, if NBC's getting on this Big Ten stuff, then I don't know, maybe that changes some of the metrics for them. So I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, <laughs> I've been watching Big Ten on ESPN and Amy's my entire life. Um, so it's kind of wild that you won't have that going forward. I think the thing that bothers me the most about
0: it is I have typically been one who said that ESPN produces the best college football live game product in the business. Their, yeah, their production value has typically been, uh, I think, the unless best. you're
1: a, unless you're a PAC 12 fan in which case, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that's true. I mean, they, they, they have been, I would say the last season in particular, there were a lot of, there was a lot of, of, of chirping out there about them sending out, you know, like, old 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 equipment and their games looking like they were maybe still in standard def and yeah there, is, was some, there were some some. i mean
1: sorry i i don't mean to to derail your point but isn't that insane to me like how much money are these are these networks making right like how much money does disney slash e s p n slash a b c have how could there be a b team <laughs> yeah why why do they not have all of the equipment i don't i just i don't understand it. That. that was the wildest thing to me that yeah, that was, was pretty, their excuse
0: yeah, it was pretty insane uh and and that's part of the reason I'm like it's kind of it's really interesting to see what has become of e s p n that sort of that sort of story in the mix um the fact that they may not get a fox or you may not get a Uh, a big 10 package that's kind of insane Mm -hmm. um yeah what how far have the mighty fallen you know is really i think what what is kind of um yeah what's kind of baffling me about this so we'll we'll see uh how this rights deal shakes out the one thing that you can say with certainty is that it will mean major 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 dollars for big 10 institutions including ohio state university One last piece of football adjacent news before we get into Ask Us Anything, and then after that, we're going to talk shooty hoops. Ryan and Nina Day doing a good thing, donating a million dollars to launch a mental health resilience fund at the Ohio State University Medical Center. If you didn't already like Ryan and Nina Day uh, and the many things they've done for the community and the way they carry themselves and represent the university, man, uh, I'm not sure what's stopping you now because this is one of the, the coolest gestures. And Ohio State's coaches in recent years have, I think, of all... Uh, tried to do something to leave their mark, you know, on the community, do, do some bit of good. Urban and Shelly Meyer had, had a fund established for cancer research. And, um, but this, you know, the days have really made mental health their thing. Uh, and, and for understandable reasons, if you know Ryan Day's story, um, what, what a cool gesture to really put their money where their mouth is and support mental health research at Ohio State.
1: I agree with that. And I also, maybe this is, uh, maybe it's not appropriate to uh, to bring this up but in the past since the michigan game in terms of like public perception isn't it wild how unbelievably divergent the pass, like the public opinion pass of ryan day and jim harbaugh have gone like jim harbaugh's out here like i'm just gonna apply for whatever job in the nfl and if i get it i get it and if michigan doesn't like that screw those guys and just basically burning whatever bridges or goodwill he had from winning one game in 10 years, right. The, for the first game they'd won in 10 years against Ohio state, just burning that almost immediately. And then Ryan day's like talking about his struggles with mental health and and helping out his players. And, and, you know, Harry Miller talking about like the apparatus that the, you know, that Ryan day set up that, that he says saved his life. And then Ryan, Day donating a million dollars to this. Uh, I just I don't know, man. I I know who I would rather have as my coach, regardless of what happened um, in November of of last season. So he's he's a quality dude. He's doing some amazing things. And uh, it's, it's really hard to hate on the guy. I mean, he's he's just shown himself, I think, to be a solid coach, a solid human being and uh has done some really amazing things for his community and and his players frankly so yeah I'm, i think it's pretty awesome
0: yeah it's one of the things that i think if you're a fan of the team you can you can be especially proud knowing that not only do you have uh people who are who are good at their profession but they are good people uh involved in the product and that's you know that's a nice thing because there are so many villains <laughs> and unsavory characters in this sport, you know, both the college and the NFL level. Yeah, um, you read some of the the stories that are out there, uh, and it's and it's nice to say, you know what, those people aren't at the program
1: I cheer for. Right, and you know what, like that can always change. You know, maybe some crazy Very thing comes out about Ryan Day, and and like, oh, I can't believe it. But th- that's not really the point, I guess. Is that if you're always looking to be disappointed you will probably find at some point a way to be disappointed. What I think should happen is that when you see positive stuff like this, you should crow about it and talk about it because that's, that's what should be the norm, right? That's well, and on a serious, serious note,
0: uh, you know, you, you were talking about the kind of the divergent nature and and you brought up the things that uh, the Harry Miller situation, the Ryan and Nina day starting this fund, yeah. uh, the, the light they have shined collectively on I think a topic that we have not traditionally talked about enough, not just in Mm -hmm. college football, but as a society in general, that that's real. Yeah. That, that is real. And that is important.
1: And that's doing, and that's doing good for other people. And like I said, could Ryan day at some point, like have some kind of scandal and everybody maybe, but you know what, in this moment, like that's why it's valuable. So you talk about it and hopefully improve things for other people. So I, they're doing that right now, and uh, I don't know. it's it it makes you proud to be a, a fan of this team.
0: All right. We're going to talk uh, about one of Ohio State's uh, two revenue sports, the other one of Ohio State's two revenue sports in a moment uh, when we talk about basketball and some great things happening uh, in that program over the past week. But first, it is time for ask Us anything, our favorite segment of the program. I would remind you that the Dubcast, Ask Us Anything and All, is sponsored by the Dry Goods store at 11warriors.com. Uh, t-shirts, sweatshirts, polos, hats, barware, stickers, anything you could possibly want to make yourself a better-dressed or better acquitted fan. Uh, you can find it drygoods.11warriors.com the we broke the you t-shirt my favorite of the new t-shirts right, back yeah. in stock uh catholics versus draft picks back in stock greetings from pasadena back in stock some, mm-hmm. uh, some shirts that have been sold out are back so go to drygoods.11warriors.com all right johnny to the mailbag we go what did we find there this week my friend
1: so we remind you that if you want to ask us literally anything you can send us questions to dubcast at 11 warriors.com and you have asked us literally anything this week so let's get started with a good friend alvin who wants to know what is your most fond back-to-school memory for either yourself as a student or teacher or even your kid
0: i'm gonna start with the last one i don't because i don't know that i have any like personal back-to-school memories that are like especially that that jump out of me especially i mean i I enjoyed back to school shopping uh, such as it was, you know, it was always exciting to get a new, a new lunchbox. You know, I think I had a I had like a blue GI Joe lunchbox with a matching thermos it was kind of cool. Uh, you know, as I got into middle school, like shoe shopping got kind of hilarious because I remember the year that I went from like a size eight to a size 12 nice. uh, tennis shoe, like over the course of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that was always, uh, that was, uh, that was interesting. But, now i see everything through the lens of of a dad so seeing my kid get excited for school um she the other day this was so great she, she's like dad i'm so excited for school i'm like oh yeah she's like yeah i can't wait there to get uh, to get my cubby organized and to tell everybody <laughs> else how, how to organize their cubbies too I was nice like, oh, all right all right uh but i always i always get a charge out of doing like we do the schlocky internet you know, like first day of school pictures, you know, do oh, sure, yeah. it for Instagram. Like why Why are you, did it even happen? So right. I, I am the hopeless romantic in the family. And so I'm the one who stages those pictures <laughs> because that is my only baby girl. And you know what? I want to remember every gall darn moment uh, of it because, you know, she'll always be my only baby girl, but she won't be this age for very long. So we do, we do it upright. So that's, yeah, that's kind of what I love about back to school is just that, that it's just one more kind of thread of, of all the memories I'm compiling of, of
1: her, her growing up. Uh, I would say, so as a student, I kind of agree. There wasn't a whole lot. However, I do vaguely remember my first day of kindergarten. And the only reason I remember that is because uh, there was a, there was severe flooding (laughs) and my kindergarten had about a foot and a half of standing water in the basement where the the classrooms were and so we had class like in the in the lunchroom for i don't know how long probably two weeks while they had <laughs> well they tried to drain all the water and then you know bring in 500 humi- you know dehumidifiers to to dry the whole thing out um so i do remember that i remember showing up on my first day and it just like raining just buckets oh, wow. and then looking inside where my classroom was and just seeing you know Debris floating around. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, school's great. I love school. Um, <laughs> as a teacher, this wasn't, I don't know, it was like the first day of school, but it was close to the first day of school. We we were taking kids out, uh, because at, at that time the school I was teaching was doing like experiential learning where kids were doing uh like internships and things like that. So we were taking the various places where they might have the opportunity to do that, and one of those was a farm. Like a uh, kind of a, a local farm out in Sunbury. and one of the kids on the bus was allergic to a lot of things, but thought she was gonna be fine. She was not fine. Uh, one of the things in the farm she react had a terrible reaction to. Oh my. and i was I was sitting, I was sitting near her. I think I was on the seat opposite of her on the bus when she started to like really get bad. And so she was kind of freaking out. But she had her EpiPen with her, so I jabbed her in the the thigh with the EpiPen while she was freaking out. And then, of course, the bus pulls over. But we're in the middle of nowhere. We're like near like Sunbury, so they're you know we're not going to be able to we're not anywhere close to the hospital or anything like that. So they had to call an ambulance from local ambulance place. So we load her on the ambulance. By that time, she was fine. The EpiPen did its job, and she was fine. Uh, But I rode with her on the ambulance to the actual hospital and then i waited with her at the hospital for like i don't know two hours or three hours while our parents got there and then by that time it was like five o'clock so i just went oh home. my gosh that's
0: crazy and i was like
1: well if every day is like this this is gonna be an interesting <laughs> job. And this is like this is also my first year as a like legit classroom teacher like i'd been a teacher for a while at that point but that was my first year at that job so in like the first week so it was it was definitely like uh you know welcome to teaching kind of moment okay. um so that was fun that was interesting uh that was that was a good back to school kind of thing and uh i felt i felt actually pretty good about it. i felt like i handled myself fairly well uh jabbing a kid with an epi pen um nice. for the first time i've not done it since that's but, good uh, <laughs> yeah yeah luckily it worked out uh this one this i'm actually reluctant about this question i feel like i'm gonna I'm going to get a lot of heat. Uh, but anyway, so this is about shaving. This is from Mike. Uh, what is your preferred method of shaving if you shave? I have used the three to five blade Gillette electric razor, now a safety razor. I've preferred the safety razor as it's been easier on my face, although the process is time-consuming. Thanks for all you guys do. How do, how do you shave, Andy? What yeah, okay, vision? so this is a great question. This is actually something that I
0: spent an inward amount of time and probably money on. Um, I feel like
1: you're very well... You know, shorn person. Like I always, you know. Well, the-
0: so you know, I I think like a lot of us men folk, I, shaving. Let's be honest; it's a big waste of time. Yeah, it's uh, it, it 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 is it is a time waster that, um, uh, you know, we have allowed society to condition us to 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 think we have to do, or we swing to the opposite end of the pendulum, and feel like we have to be William Lee Golden. <laughs> um or grizzly adams if you don't if you're not getting the if, <laughs> i don't know what the appropriate reference is but you either go you either you either have to be slick sheared or a mountain man like yeah. there's there's just not much i mean few guys can pull off that sort of like perpetual five o'clock shadow right uh sort of look that that you know if you've got if you've got it, it, if you're if you're hugh jackman you just do that just do that yeah. do the perpetual well, if you're Hugh Jackman, shadow, doesn't matter what you do that's right should, it Jack- doesn't matter what right right but for the rest of us like you know, you, you just, you got to suck it up and do it for, right. for the most part, unless you're going to I go agree. straight up mountain, man, you've just, you've just got to do it. So uh, for the longest time uh, I was a dollar shave club guy. Um, I went there, their ad that first came out like the first YouTube video with like their founder, just doing hilarious crap. All right. um, I, that I video that. just cracked me up and, and so much so that I was like, yep, I'm in, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I use their razors for a long, 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 long time, typically shave in the shower. Um, mm-hmm. had, a, had somebody recommend that one time as a good way to, to save time. Um, and that, that worked fine for me. Then during, during the Rona somehow, and I wish I could remember what, oh yeah, what prompted me to get into uh, using more of the safety razor style or what, what, what I've heard referred to as wet shaving, uh, more old school. Like brush and soap on your oh, face, sure, yeah. and like actual razor blade shaving. Yeah, I I don't know if Dollar Shave Club went through a change in their manufacturing process. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, I had used their shave butter for a long, long, long time and used their blades for a long, long, long time. Shaved the exact same way, uh, nothing changed, and all of a sudden, my shaves started to just absolutely suck. I couldn't get close at all. I mm-hmm. felt like I was just like, you know, trying to scrape the flesh off my skull <laughs> to get anything remotely. Res- and I'd gotten smooth, smooth shaves with their stuff for years. Yeah. Uh, and, and what was funny is that like, I, I have a travel kit, you know, um, in, in my carry on suitcase. Cause I, I travel a lot for work. And so I pulled out some of my old stuff from the travel kit because, you know, the Rona hadn't been traveling smooth shave new stuff crappy hmm. shave so i was like well all right i gotta do something different and i didn't want to go back to spend a you know fifty dollars for a pack of cartridges um from the regular you know whatever gillette or whomever you were buying your your razors from so i got into this with the with you know, wet shaving old style uh mug and brush so the problem with that is that that's a rabbit hole and next thing oh, I, know yeah. I found it's, myself it's like
1: time and financial sink. Well, I
0: think. not only that, but like you know, you you get into some of the subreddits for this. Like this becomes like a hobby. <laughs> the, you know, there there are guys that are collecting like vintage Gillette razor Like I've got a couple That's razors crazy. in my bathroom. I've got a couple like pre World War II uh, Gillette razors in my bathroom that nice. I shave with. Then you start evaluating like blades. And so if you ask the question, "What is the best razor blade?" Uh, that is that is like the most unanswerable question apparently on the internet because the answer it depends <laughs> is applicable in every conceivable way it depends on your face it depends on uh your type of whiskers it depends on this 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 what razor you're using what soap you're using all these sorts of things so you start testing razor blades so i probably got i don't know 15 different razor blades in my bathroom because you would get one and be like oh nope i hated that toss it <laughs> but then you find out oh, I tried this other razor, I ended up with like five or six razors. And then you're trying blade combinations. Okay. Yeah. Razor A with blade <laughs> B, razor B with blade R, razor C with, and you're oh trying to God. figure all that out. Um, it's I too did, much. It, it is. It's a lot. Now I will say I do enjoy it. So so like um, mornings when I, I I do a local TV segment about agriculture here in town. So mornings when I'm doing TV, I generally will do um, after the girls leave for work and school, I'll do like a, a morning shower and then do my shave. Cause I want to get a really good shave for TV. And like, I find that to be a really therapeutic experience. So if you can block out a half hour to do the full process of getting a nice shower, so you get the stubble, uh, you know, that you've got nice and soft and then you can get your brush and lather up a nice, you know, artisan soap and get a nice foam going. That right there, working up a lather with a brush and a puck of soap, that's time consuming. You got to get yeah. the right mix and you got to learn the right mix of water to soap. And, and, you know, because if it's too dry, it's no good. If it's too wet, it's no good. So you work on that, how to build a proper lather. This is where you're watching a lot of YouTube videos is <laughs> helpful. And, and then you actually do the shaving itself. And typically you're going to do a three pass. Like you're going to shave with the grain. You're going to shave across the grain. You're going to shave against the grain to get that shave. It is, it's a process. So I generally, it is, it's a lot. So that's, but so I don't do that every day. I will just revert to shaving in the shower with cartridges, you know, kind of like in between, but I would say at least once a week, I'm doing a proper like safety razor, um, wet shave and, well, and good for and you find that, and i find that very therapeutic i would do that i would do that every day if i had the time
1: right yeah well and that's and the time thing is like that's the hardest part here i'm going to tell you something and this is okay so that's one end of the spectrum Yeah. you right? said you're going to get some heat so 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 what, what here's the complete opposite end of the spectrum here's what i do i get out of the shower right i then pick up my gillette disposable razor i don't use any soap i don't use any water and i just shave my face <laughs>
0: you straight up shave your face dry
1: i shave i shave it dry and i don't i i don't care and it that works
0: have,
1: yeah and i don't you know what and here's the thing i don't know i i have really good skin i guess because yeah. i don't get ingrown hairs i don't get acne i don't get any of that stuff i don't get like bumps it just that's works. that's insane it's and it and people are like oh does that hurt i'm like yeah it is, it does actually it hurts a lot uh <laughs> But I just do it and I don't pay attention to where I'm just I'm just trying to get the hair off my face. And I used to use just like this really cheap uh, kind of clipper thing from yeah. uh, Target or Kroger or wherever I got it um, just to basically get the stubble down to a you know a manageable level. But uh, it's it's old and I haven't bought the new one. So I just use the disposable <laughs> disposable razors and no water and no soap. And it, it doesn't feel good, but it, it gets rid of the hair for about you know a couple days and then I have to do it again <laughs> and I know you know what it doesn't matter if I have some stubble at my job so you know it'll grow back and my hair my facial hair does not grow very quickly so it, it's not not too bad but um yeah that's how I, I I'm
0: just I'm I'm just I'm <laughs> wow I'm I'm about, I cannot imagine just taking a razor to my face without yeah. Well, it's not I mean, like a straight,
1: rate. I mean, it's a safety, rate. You know, it's, it's just, no, uh, no, no,
0: I know. But like, I, I think I would, wow, that's yeah. now, now that actually raises a point. So I remember as a kid, and this is one of those things like I've never gotten into. And I, and I don't know, uh, maybe, maybe, but well, it doesn't sound like you do either. But when I was a kid, I remember, <laughs> did you have this where, Grandparents would give you a quarter to do something. Like there's that great scene, of course, in sure, Christmas yeah. vacation where grandma shows up and says, you know, if you rub rub that bunion on my foot, I'll give you a quarter, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. kids are like, Oh, you know, uh, not gonna <laughs> Leonard from the Big Bang Theory is like, Oh, grandma, you a <laughs> whole quarter. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. Well, Grandpa Hines would would pay me to shave him when when uh, I was a kid, and I get to use his electric razor, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And we'd kind of go through the whole, you know, the whole like ritual. He had like a pre-shave, like uh, you put that, in, and then you would shave with his. It was one of those like three circle electric shaver deals, and and the whole nine yards. Uh, but I never got into using an electric razor myself. Uh, I don't know why like do people still use those
1: I don't use, know but technology?
0: I but like, well you clearly don't I guess
1: well let me be clear what I had was essentially clippers and it was just like at the lowest setting yeah, I mean I
0: use that to cut I cut my own hair and I have like a, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a I have a, a wireless you know like wall or andy's I can't remember if mine's wall or andy's I always get these confused because I grew up showing beef cattle and you you uh-huh. um, use electric clippers and the same people who make Clippers i mean it's it's, it's made for cattle. it's for humans so i was forgetting yeah, to, it's made do I have for a wall and It is an made Andy's for the or... face
1: like you are supposed to like it's a clipper thing it's a yeah, clipping, yeah, yeah yeah so it's not like i'm just thinking like hair clippers or whatever it's it's no, a no, real no. thing right i've used it to to cut my my head hair but uh uh yeah i mean it's you know so that's that's basically I, I had a beard trimmer
0: because i used to wear a goatee um the stu- stunning mrs vance convinced me that um i should not <laughs> do that anymore so i've been clean shaven since we started uh dating those many years ago but i so i had a beard trimmer for that um but then more recently when you know my hairline sort of gave up the battlefield uh i started cutting my own hair and, yeah. and you know that's i got to set a set of clippers specifically for that but yeah i don't know i never got into using like electric face razors like grandpa did and right
1: well i'm just gonna tell you at least i'm not out here like proselytizing over you know do that drive shave guys it'll change your life like no it'll just hurt but it's quick (laughs) (laughs) and you know you got you got a year old at home you do what you gotta do well yeah Uh, uh, so i will i will take whatever hate comes my way for that but let's get to this i, next I can't question. imagine
0: anyone hating that so much as just being like shocked and amazed that yeah
1: it that someone does good. that yeah okay uh next question here this is from kevin uh not not the kevin but a kevin um so, guys, you inspired me last dubcast to get uh, dubcast to get this one in before football starts on a sandwich with peanut butter. Besides jelly, what else are you putting on? Ooh, great question.
0: Um, I'm probably not. I, I just I cannot I cannot think of the last time I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Let alone. Really no it's been no long 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 time i'm a little surprised um, by that
1: i would have thought you'd be more into to pb and j i
0: i races. do i mean i like sandwiches and i'm not opposed to it like it's not something that i'm just like oh i don't like pb and j yeah. um the little tyke does not like pb and j she likes jelly sandwiches okay um but won't do pb and j which is what you know we're like are you sure you don't want to try the peanut butter it's good it nope no nope, 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 no i'm good uh you could do the elvis thing you go peanut butter and bananas i think that's i mean common. bananas are fantastic peanut butter and bananas works that's not a sandwich that i need but like just peanut butter and bananas or flavor combinations i'm good with um you know this isn't a sandwich either but as a kid we just put celery on uh p- peanut butter on celery that was a thing yeah i think that really? was more to mask the <laughs> it's not a sandwich it's not a sandwich but it's more to mask the taste i'm just trying to think of things that i put with peanut butter
1: i think so here's the thing i, I think a move that instantly makes a mundane sandwich better is to go ahead and just do it just grill that sucker just just put a little butter margarine whatever on each side of that that bread and then put on a pan and just grill that thing and make a little panini or whatever and so if i'm adding stuff to it i mean i think bananas is a great go-to move put some bananas put some honey on that delicious love it yeah a little granola goes a long way in a pb and j i think we add a little bit of a crunch I enjoy that quite a bit. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of that. So if you got well, some granola around,
0: so that that raises be... another question: type of peanut butter? Are you going with? You I'm know, a crunchy guy. I used to you're crunchy. When I was a
1: kid, I was exclusively creamy, and I yeah, would, yeah, uh crunchy. It is disgusting. And then as I got older, like oh, okay, I can see the I can see the value in this. So I I actually like the crunchy peanut butter. I'm kind of
0: brand brand guy. of peanut
1: butter? Uh, are you are uh, sh- whatever? Order? Yeah, okay. No, I you know give me I'll I'll eat the Kroger stuff. I don't give a crap. I'm not picky on that. Yeah, grandma, um,
0: grandma always had uh Peter Pan. I don't know if they still make Peter Pan peanut butter. I think it might still be around. That was that was what she always had. Um we would do peanut butter, maybe others do this too. I don't know, but we would always have peanut butter sandwiches uh with
1: chili. I ooh, I ooh, ooh, that, ooh, ooh. Oh, I you know what? I'm so glad that you said that because I do that all the time. If I have a bowl of chili. Great pairing with the yeah. peanut butter sandwich. And, and I, did that. I was doing that my wife and I were having some chili and uh, I got a little peanut butter sandwich for it. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, you're crazy. This is delicious. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a fantastic pairing yeah totally
0: totally i mean the and to you know make sure you understand this here you're, you're dipping the you the listeners you're dipping the sandwich in the chili, yes. of course this right is, yeah
1: you're like spreading it on although right, well, i, I guess, guess you
0: could do that if you want to sure but yeah circle gets the square do you speaking of chili do you ever put sour cream in your chili not i mean no. like while well, you're cooking it but like as a right. as a topping
1: as a topping no my my dad does do that i do not i, I mean sour cream has its its uses but i i'm mm-hmm. not on chili it's not my thing okay if I, you know, if I want sour cream anywhere near, it's going to be like in the style of like a, you know, a Skyline dip. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be that kind of thing. Um, but as a as a chili topping, I'm pretty much strictly cornbread and cheese and then I'm good to go. I We, we were, you're ta- you were talking about Skyline. Uh, we were traveling
0: to dog shows the other week and, and the little tyke has gotten into this phase where she is just out on like 90% of fast food. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, you know, so trying to find lunch when you're driving like an eight-hour drive becomes a challenge. yeah i'm sure like, that's
1: that's easy yeah
0: yeah we're gonna you know because we've got the dogs with us so it's not like we can just like stop and go to outback for lunch you know? Right. because right. you can't just leave the dogs in the car in the middle of august in virginia so you know you're driving along I'm like okay there's a mcdonald's no nope. burger king no nope. wendy's no nope. Arby's, no nope. taco bell and eh, maybe and then she sees the sign oh skyline let's go there there you <laughs> so, go no i will say this you know what's a super challenging food to eat while you're driving? <laughs> <laughs> Anything from
1: Skyline, <laughs> yeah. That makes yes. I can, I can absolutely see that. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, so thank you for sending that in. By the way, he says, First question, but longtime listener over five years. So that's unbelievable. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, he also has a lot of stuff from the dry goods store and tells everyone he can about 11Worters.com and the dubcast. That's awesome. Thank Thanks, you. man. Thank I really you. appreciate that. That's fantastic um all right so last one here this is from josh if you had to choose a song to be the definitive hype song for the buckeyes 2022 season what would it be his choice is we ready by archie eversole i'm so ready for the season and our quest for a championship uh i don't know that song i'll
0: i'll be we honest read i think that's what that is yeah i, I don't we i don't know that one uh i'm so we old school that i'd just probably be like anything by acdc is fine like, okay that's uh, you know what i mean like i remember what, what,
1: do you think acdc is emblematic of a ryan day team do you think that's like oh i don't No, i, I don't
0: not necessarily but like i am i am so old school with like football tradition type stuff that yeah. you know it's like watching varsity blues you know and they queue up thunderstruck like thunderstruck it's just it's thunderstruck back in black just hit me when the team walks down the field just hit just hit back in black i'm good that mm-hmm. guitar lick just anything that's got a little bit of bite to it uh yeah i'm i'm not super creative when it comes to this stuff just give me a driving bass line and a guitar riff that bites and i'm i'm in
1: well tell you what how about we merge those two things because i think if i'm thinking of a ryan day offense right like it's just full throttle going crazy whatever but if we want to add in some like 80s hair metal to that right i think kickstart my heart oh my god that's perfect you know what i'm saying yes and and granted is that the cool thing? Will the kids, will the kids get down to kickstart?
0: No, but I don't care that drum we, line. I mean, but if that's... I'm
1: thinking about like throwing the ball 35 times a game for 550 yards, I'm sorry that I think that's a good, I think yes. that would be a good yes. theme song. Yes. Kickstart my heart. I think that'd be pretty good.
0: I'm in, I am all in skydive all in. naked
1: from an aeroplane. I feel like that's a good analogy for the kind of air raid offense that sometimes you see from I'm Ryan right there. I'm on it. Right, yeah let's you 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 convinced me good stuff so there you go okay so that's ask us anything this week thanks you thank you so much for sending those in you all did a fantastic job and and we love answering literally anything so keep sending those in
0: outstanding questions uh you know we we said earlier that ohio state's football team continues to recruit at a high level chris Holtman, head coach of the ohio state buckeyes recruiting like a man with his hair on fire the potential now for back-to-back top 10 classes uh, is looking pretty good because a pair of commitments in recent days, the first being four-star in 2023 forward Devin Royal, the uh, he from uh, Pickerington, Ohio, uh, also forward uh, wing Scotty Middleton, uh, four-star also in the class of 23 committed to Ohio State over the weekend. Two top 75 commitments in less than a week, That's a pretty good week at the office for a head ball coach. Wouldn't you say?
1: I would say that that is probably not just the fact that it's a great, it's a great week at the office. I think it definitely uh, maybe reverses a lot of the narrative. A lot of the the things that people were saying about Chris Holtman in general, that, you know, it kind of brings in these, these B level guys and tries to get them play like a level players. And, but they end up more like C plus level guys that that changes a lot of that and the thing is about like for example uh scotty middleton right A guy out of kansas you know what i mean you you go into the kansas you went into into Wichita,
0: backyard and plucked a good one
1: i'm saying that's that is a big deal so one of the highest rated uh players in the past like 10 years that ohio state's gotten um that's a big time get it's a big time class i mean it's not like college football right where you're evaluating you know 25 guys right you're really looking at half a dozen at most and and even if that's the case if you got half a dozen you got some serious issues on your team so it's really about like three or four dudes that you're you're taking a good hard look at but the guys they have coming in uh for 2023 are pretty freaking impressive and when your lowest rated guy overall is 105 that that says something about um, what you've been able to put together. But the fact that you get these guys, you know, within three days of each other is pretty, pretty remarkable. They're, they're making moves. I love that.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing that's really, when you look at, there's a nice uh, recruiting grid in, in a piece that um, Griffin Strom put on the site talking about the momentum that Holtman and company have had here in recruiting and the potential for these two back-to-back top 10 classes. When you look at that grid, uh, you know, the years, it breaks down by year, the ranking of the class and how many, you know, commitments are in it. It, It's been almost a decade since Ohio State had a top five recruiting class. 2015's class was the number five in the country with five total commitments. This class um, sits at number three with four commitments. But would you look at, there's a huge stretch of time, and you wonder, you know, when you ask, like, what's going on with Ohio State basketball over the last decade, that right there is the tail of the tape because most of those classes between 2016 and 2021 were in the you know in the 40s you had you had three yeah. classes that were in 43 48 49 you had a couple that were in the 20s 24 and 27 you only had one class in that stretch right. between the number five class and 15 and number eight class in 22 that was even in the top 20 so right. you know it's it, it it's as much about the jimmies and joes as the saying goes as it is the x's and o's and so what the coach can do on the floor uh is is limited and constrained by the talent of the guys they've got on the floor to execute the plan so this to me is a sign that things are trending in the right direction also a reason why i think you had gene smith out a couple of weeks ago talking about all the confidence that he has and um chris holtman and the great things that are happening in in the program there so does does this spate of of four star commitments change at all your expectations or or the narrative i guess of the holtman experiment at at ohio state
1: i mean i think it's still you know i've been saying this for a while i i still think that he's got to deliver this coming season he, he really has to to show something i love i love that you're bringing these guys in that's fantastic but the results don't show on the court and, and granted, you're not going to get these guys on the court for a while, uh, but I still think this is a this is a big time year. Now, with that said, he has quite a bit of vote of confidence from guys like Gene Smith. So it's not going to be for for him for Holtman. It's not a make or break year. But for me. Uh, I think it would be as a fan because there are still those expectations and he hasn't lived up to them for the most part. So we'll see what happens, but this does definitely help. I'm not going to lie about that either.
0: Ohio state played um, a pair of national teams and the Bahamas uh, this week, they played the Egyptian national team and the Puerto Rican national team. The thing I found this very interesting, I was like, number one, i was sitting here thinking to myself it's august we're playing basketball it's august like right the, t- the, the timing threw me off there for a second kind of a cool deal i guess for the team to go and play at uh the atlantis resort on paradise island there in the bahamas so so that had to be fun and being able to play some some international teams in egypt uh there and in, in uh, puerto rico across the across the gulf it's not really international per se but uh, to play, play some national level teams. Cool for the guys. What we don't have a lot of information because this wasn't televised. So it's kind of, kind of hard to, to, to watch and evaluate, but interesting, um, to see some of the new names on the team that came out of those guys, uh, uh, like, um, Bryce Sensenbaugh and, uh, Mm -hmm. Roddy Gale and some of these guys that are going to be important to the success of the team this, this season. So, Football is only a few weeks away. Basketball only a couple months behind that. We'll keep you apprised of further developments and uh, all things related to Ohio State sports between now and the time foot hits the ball on September 3rd. Until next week, I'm Andy Vance. I'm Johnny. Thanks for joining us on the 11 Dubcast.